This episode is powered by Safety FM. This podcast is being sponsored by SafetyConsultantBlueprint.com. Welcome to the Safety Consultant Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon Primus. And in this podcast, I teach you the business of becoming a safety consultant. Last week, we spoke to my good friend, Ari Copeland, in our episode one. He's telling us a lot about the utility field and safety, how he has to deal with learning cultures as a consultant, per se, for his company, Black & Veatch, where he goes out there and he is the rep for the operations for new water and wastewater plants. He gets to see things in the field that are completely uh, from the start of the building process of a wastewater or water treatment plant and then he comes back in some cases and he helps get the startup process going and sometimes troubleshooting process so in that he sees a lot of hazards related to safety and health he sees some actual process control issues that he helps the utility with but he sees a whole bunch of things out there. So we got talking about that. Uh, we also discussed some things related to what do you do if you see somebody that is doing an unsafe act? How would you intervene in that scenario? And in episode one, Ari did speak about his personal experience with his father dying in an industrial accident and that impact that it had on his life and his reasons for speaking up. In this episode, we're really going to talk about a few things that really means a lot to Ari. Uh, he is a trans man, and he has been through the process of becoming a trans man from the standpoint of his employer, Black and Feach at the time. He left and came back and left, I believe, and came back again. They have been rated very high in diversity as well as they give their employees a sense of psychological safety. So that's a term I learned during this interview. I like it a lot. I've kind of used it already and I believe that it's very important for us in the safety field that if we were going to counsel, if we're going to consult, if we're going to be out in the field in any way, uh, we know that the new workers coming in, especially the Gen Z workers, uh, they identify very differently than we do as myself, a Gen Xer, and baby boomers, and even the millennials before them. So I feel that this conversation that me and Ari have is a direct influence on your culture. So this is a safety culture uh, topic. And it comes from the perspective of his personal experiences. So just listen up. It's a fun episode. Me and Ari always have fun together. So it's, it's kind of cool. I, I'm really uh, just loving this episode the more and more I hear it. Uh, again, I would like you to please excuse any of the sound quality. Uh, we had an issue with his sound as we were recording, but I didn't want to you know, mess this quality up. So maybe next time we do this one, we'll have to do it in person or do it another way. So uh, just sit back, enjoy. You're going to have a good time with this. And then when we're done, I'm going to do a very special tip of the week. Hey, like yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. Go ahead. Uh, for my listeners that uh, that have to deal with 
uh, pretty much there's a there's a whole bunch of safety right now that is like a it's like deep dive safety where you you, you truly see like the regular safety and health part where it's the PPE, the engineering control and everything else. And then they have the deep dive safety where you're thinking about people's mentality, their personality, interactions with each other and how you have uh, violence in the workplace and interactions. So that side, like I was telling you a while ago, we were talking and uh, Ari's got a, a, a different story <laughs> that hopefully he'll share with us. I know that you're an activist for uh, for uh, those people with the genders, uh, and I sure. I, I, yeah. I see it all the time because uh, one of the classes I teach is a management class for safety and health, and sure. uh, one of the things we talk about is uh, different communications, and then we also talk about uh, the workplace in itself and how culture is mm-hmm. not just coming into work and saying, all right, let's be safe today, guys. It's actually right. how everybody interacts with each other. And then also we have really in this generation, in this time, the workplace that has been charged with, uh, with intolerance, if you will. And that's that's truly what it looks like. And I've seen even adult people, as I'm telling them you know, right now, remember the Time Magazine article, but there are, uh, I think it's something like uh, 40 or 40 or 35 uh, known genders identification. Uh, it might even be more uh, right now, because that was a while. So with, yeah. uh, with that, the class kind of erupted, and there's like, it feels like I was talking to, you know, junior high schoolers, and I'm like, hold on, you guys are supposed to be managers if you're in if you're involved in this and you have to deal with a confrontation then you could truly truly hurt somebody if someone chooses to be identified as a they or them or whatever it is yeah yeah and the millennial side you know they always were you know all that is you know they're entitled and they don't know what they're doing and millennials this and so those two things to me have been truly uh, it's 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 transcended into the safety and health side. Oh, yeah, uh, they're connected. They're interconnected. They're interconnected. So if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and, yeah. and break it down for us. Sure. So, you know, within my company, you know, we have things like employee resource groups. So usually those groups are, I don't want to say targeted, but they're organized. They're grassroots organizations that are organized internally in a company that generally represent upper re- underrepresented groups of people, right? Yep. So... The one that I chair or I'm very involved with, involved with is the BAV Pride ERG, so very focused on LGBTQI, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, intersex, asexual, agender, and it's a much it's a longer acronym than even that, but plus anyone that didn't identify that plus professional mm-hmm. and allies. So people that support those people. So we do a lot of events and things to try to cultivate a culture of psychological safety for those types of professionals me included Mm -hmm. um you know when it comes to gender you know people the thing i don't understand about it largely is because it's a political it's politicized so like my identity and i'm a trans man so the first oh no eight years of my career i spent and i worked and i was perceived as a woman pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then I transitioned and there was a period of time where people couldn't tell what I was, which was very interesting and quote unquote special. <laughs> and then, you know, there's a period of time now where if you were to see me, I think looking at me, I don't think you would really know. Most people don't know. 
plus I tell them this is easy top beard yeah it, <laughs> it, hey it helps it helps me it helps a lot yeah so but you know when I look back and I was thinking about this the other day how people talk to me or how people used to interact with me and how people used to make assumptions about me changed during those periods of my those three phases of my life let's put it that way yeah. so you know people now assume that i'm more capable because of what i am in ways that i'm not capable at all like really? i can't fix your car i have no idea how a car works <laughs> don't care i put gas in the car and i drive it and i pay someone else to care about the rest of it don't care don't care really? about sports don't care about sports people talk to me i'm just looking at them like i don't i'm like am i supposed to know what team this is like but i start guessing i'm like is it baseball you gotta football? know about the now right oh my god i'm over it <laughs> but I, it's all the assumptions that people made about me and you know i have to go along with it to a certain degree if i'm at a place and i'm you know, client cares about it i'm like oh yeah that's great stuff here you know how it goes but you know that's just amazing whatever so and so just won that's that's wonderful <laughs> What sport are we talking about again? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, but, you know, I wouldn't have those conversations in my previous life with anybody unless I was wearing, um, like, a hat or a, you know what I mean? Like, that that conversation would happen. Yeah, yeah. Or people would, you know, look at me and assume I couldn't do certain things because of what I was, and I could purely do them. Like, I mean, it's not rocket science. I mean, operations is not, is not gender-based. <laughs> Someone who identifies any of, any, let's just say 45 ways or not regardless whatever label someone or whatever identity people hold near to their hearts isn't generally impacted on what they're able to do because as long as you have a functioning brain yeah you can work safely last time i checked <laughs> and you can operate a tree plant <laughs> so it's so it's you have to want to and work towards it not all of us have the same capacity but in my opinion you can learn it if you want to that's that's how i feel so you know i try to break down it break in one second now for your career when you started at bnv how early in in your process were you when you started at bnv so I started working at Black and Beach in 2007, and I had worked at another consultant before that who was acquired by AECOM, so they no longer exist. And then before that, I worked at the EPA. Well, I got my grad degree, and then, you know, I took a break between Black and Beach and worked at AWWA and then came back. So, um, you know, so when I came to work at Black and Beach, you know, most people probably perceived me as female and probably not straight would be my guess and that's how i identified for a really long time so you know i lived you know i thought that's what i was for a really long time so i would say a year after i started working at black and beach i started um reevaluating how i identify and there were a lot of things in my life that kind of you know weren't in alignment with how i was feeling or thinking or really kind of internalizing a lot of my world so and it was hard because you know my i wasn't really raised around men so i have two sisters and my mother so my mother raised me by herself so i didn't really have exposure to that um really so i think for me probably a year in maybe two years 2009 i would say is probably when i started to actually medicate myself for it meaning i started taking i started doing um hrt which is uh, hormone replacement therapy um 
Yeah, so I started HRT, and I actually didn't come out to my employer until two years after I started that. So it was, yes. So that equates it to the time where no one could tell what I was. (laughs) But I got them to take to call me Ari as my chosen name before I legally changed it. So that, so I kind of started doing that first. Now for your coworkers and uh, your interaction with the employer, was there much of a difference? Was there any kind of intolerance? Because this is early, you know, 2009, you know. And it was Florida. Were, uh, <laughs> and it was Florida. Florida. Yeah, so. let's add the Florida part to it. Because, you <laughs> know, I'm not, I'm not just in Florida. Anyone who's listening to Florida, I love Florida. Yeah. I had a lot of awesome friends in Florida. Sheldon being one of them. Yeah, Sheldon from Florida. <laughs> But just look up Florida man, and then yeah. you'll see why. <laughs> yeah, just read the news. Yeah, so, yeah. so um, during that you time, know, so what what happened? How did they how did they interact with you? What what? Well, what it, did you disclose? All kinds of stuff. If, if you remember back that far. Oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> um, if, I mean, I won't say unfortunately talking about my employer, but I was outed by a client in a way so a mm-hmm. client I went and I'm not going to say who is and what that was it doesn't matter anymore it's yeah, yeah. like 2010 I mean it's water at the bridge but a client I guess I showed up to their site it was a person I didn't work for normally and they were, and I said hey yeah, my name is Ari because everyone was calling me Ari at that point most people yeah. knew me by that name versus another name and he's like okay so he called me he and I guess apparently I was with my boss at the time or supervisor i don't remember what the structure was when i was working at black beach because we had many management structures mm-hmm. and he's and the guy i guess my boss when i left corrected him and said no that's that's not a he that's a she and he's like so the client was upset by that so it goes back to you dealing with kindergartners in your safety class yeah absolutely. I, right so this guy decided to be a kindergartner i think and just said well that's little i think he was just like well that person should have corrected me like what the heck's going on and, you know, it's just a little weird. So, of course, the office manager of the office I was working in got a phone call saying, I've interacted with your employees. This is bizarre. And I think you need to deal with it. I was very lucky because I was very close to my HR par- business partner. Who I, she still works here. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. She hired me back twice. Uh, it's like I, she's a really good friend of mine. <laughs> That's great. And it's really great. because, um, And she basically said, you know, Ari... This is what happened. Honestly, I care less about the client. They don't really matter. I care less if they have a problem with it or not. It's not really their place to judge it. But the only thing that we need from you is to understand, like, what's going on? Are you, like, okay? We This is just going to happen more often. So, like, just tell us what's up. Yeah. So I came out. I didn't really have a choice, but I did it. Because I felt like, well, it's time to just get over with. Yep. And I was very lucky. Um... The people that I worked with are truly professional in every sense of the word. I'm sure there are people that talked about me. In fact, I knew there were because it always come back to me. I know a lot of people. You know that. <laughs> so if you're going to say something good or bad about me, I'm going to hear about it. Yeah, yeah. And I'll deal with it accordingly. So, you know, how it works. But I was very lucky. The office manager brought everyone, you know, one by one in their office and told them that I prefer, you know, already they were using universally, but he instead of she. And, you know, it's funny because I just remember the the first email I ever got from 
who was actually my second boss at Black and Beach, who used my name and my pronouns to a client for the first time. I saved that email. Like, I usually yeah. post it on Facebook, so I may post That's it again awesome. if it comes up as a memory. But I block yeah. out, like, the names. I just kind of get, like, the general context of it. Yeah, yeah. So I remember that. So, you know, that's pretty, you know, 2010 in Florida. That's pretty, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean, for thinking. Yeah, but, absolutely. you know, I've had people be rude to me, cruel to me. I've had issues where people have, you know, because I used to have a YouTube page where I documented my transmission tra- uh, transition. People would write death threats on it or they would do like some form of cyberbullying, which I'm not acceptable to just because I don't really care what people think, but mm-hmm. I'm a little special. Most people aren't really like that. A special quotation marks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> special quotation marks. You know what I mean? So, but they were pretty cool with it. And, you know, when I came back to Black of Beach the second time, you know, they hired me as I am right now. So I think it says a lot about them. And it says a lot about the people I would interface with every day directly. Like my boss is a really terrific person, very supportive mm-hmm. person. Um, you know, I don't know if he necessarily agrees with what I am uh, or not, it, but it's not its not a pinch point. He respects me as a person. He doesn't care. It is what it is, right? And I bring value to Black and Beach and he understands that, so that's how we get along and it, and it works out fine. So, yeah. And uh, do you feel like as you are talking to each client, now it's so much easier because you know someone may identify you as a he right away because of your your outward oh, yeah. appearance. Oh so, yeah. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I know since you're your your is it a chair? What's your Black and Beach has a, a committee or is it a well? It's an employee resource group. So oh. it's it's so we have a women's network. We have Ebony, which is for our black professionals um, mm-hmm. and allies it's not we don't exclude anybody like if you mm-hmm. want to be supportive you can be a member of any of the ERGs mm-hmm. so but we have an ERG and really what we do is we try to cultivate you know accepting um, it's, I feel what we're doing is we're actually creating psychological safety we're adding to the safety component Ooh, of people that work like here that. psychological safety nice right did you, did you coin that one or is that already up Google coined it so oh. Google did a study <laughs> of teams because what they wanted to do is become more profitable so they they said, well, what are the elements that make a good team and, and how do we get these people to innovate? Because Google, that's literally the only way you make money. Yeah. Black of Beach, kind of. But you know what I'm trying to say? It's like mm-hmm. they're really, like they're like the they're the innovators. Like they're the ones that are, that are driving products that people want to buy, right? So, you know, they studied this and they found that psychological safety, which really equates to like trust or being able to express... Um, unpopular opinions or unpopular solutions to problems or different things and not have it be like, you know, generically crapped on, right? Yeah, <laughs> By yeah, your coworkers. Absolutely. So if you can say, hey, I don't really feel this is going to work and this is why and people listen to it and actually respect it, the likelihood of someone coming forward with the next best idea is probably more probable, right? Yeah. So that's what psychological safety is. It's like you're, you're able to just say and not fear rejections, flat out disrespect, you know, you know, things that people do every day, right? I so, like that. That's yeah. really good. So hmm. I just, we take that psychological component of it and bring it into, you know, an engineering firm where we're not really I'm not saying we don't innovate, but we're we're doing we're not we're not selling a product really. We're selling people and services. It's a little bit different. It's not like T Mobile's are you know what I mean? T-Mobile has a customer base where we they buy phones and things are yeah. more tangible to the general public. We're dealing with municipalities and cities, and you understand how that is. Um, yes, right. 
So, you know, at the end of the day, some of those organizations are a little more behind in terms of being accepting of different types of people. Some of them are the front runners. I mean, if you look at my Instagram uh, page today, which I think we're Instagram friends, right? Yeah, we are Instagram friends, I'm pretty sure. So I think that's how I see friends. Aren't yeah, I know, right? Yeah, LinkedIn, <laughs> Instagram, Facebook. I don't tweet, so we're not that. Because oh, I think yeah. tweet, Twitter is useless. <laughs> so anyway, no purpose for Twitter for me. So <laughs> that's my personal opinion. But yeah. if you look at my Instagram, there is a there's a hockey team in Edmonton that's like a it's called Edmonton Rage, and they're like an LGBTQ hockey team. And I love it because a lot wow. of that's deconstructing, you know, why we have homophobia, transphobia in mainstream places, especially if they're male-dominated places, which is a lot of utilities, and I'm not saying that's good or bad, I'm just saying it's a fact. Yep. And you got a lot of toxic masculinity, and it's hard to deconstruct those things, because people are just reinforce it, and unfortunately, with toxic masculinity, you have homophobic jokes. Yeah. And, so. and truly, I gotta, because uh, I do have an international audience, and I know, you know, the community is not accepted the same way in the U.S. and some of the European countries as they are in some of the places yep. that listen to me because I do have, every once in a while, look at my, my demographics and, right. and I'm playing in several different countries that probably wouldn't be as accepting <laughs> as, That's as okay. you, you would say here. So uh, for, for those, especially in those countries that are accepting, it is good. How do they actually, uh, before, let's say you're you're going to be the consultant <laughs> right now in this area, yeah. uh, how would you say, like, if uh, a consultant finds out that there is truly a worker that feels like they are at, at risk in this environment, and truly they feel like, I want to come out, I want to talk to, to my employer, especially HR, but uh, I think it's going to get even worse that someone is, you know, being picked on. And so, what's, what's, what do you think would be a good avenue for them? Or yeah, even, you know, a, a, a mindset for them, maybe. Yeah, you know, it's tough. I'm actually before I got on the phone with you, I'm actually working on some training that I'm going to be doing for Black Hitler, my identity called bystander training. So. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of people who, and I get messages from a lot of people internally Black of Beach and ex- externally Black of Beach in this industry that tell me, and they're like, I don't know how you do what you do, Ari. It must be really hard. And I'm like, yeah, it's not easy. I get that. It's not, it, nothing. It, being authentic is never easy. It don't matter what you are. And that's what I tell people. Well, being honest about who you are is never going to be easy. Trust me, especially if it's not in alignment with 99% of the people that I sit around. Because let me tell you something. I'm the weirdest one that sits here. And I love it. But you know what? It makes me real to them. And that's what I tell people is that before when I worked at Black Beach, that version of me wasn't real. It wasn't, I didn't show up. I literally just came and did the bare minimum and left. And everyone knew it because no one wanted to ask because they assumed they knew what I was, right? They're like, oh, it's like, don't ask, don't tell, basically. That's basically what it was. And sometimes it's like that here, too. Because people are like, oh, you're already off the realm normal. I don't want to know what your status is. Like, I'm just going to, you know, especially in the Midwest, because everyone here has, like, you know, three children and have been married for 25 years and they're only, like, 40. I'm just like, how does this happen? I mean, not putting it down, not putting it down, but recognizing it. But I mean, my advice to them is, is, you know, you gotta, you gotta be okay with the consequences of being who you are. And I'm not saying that they're justified. I'm not saying that 
it's okay for people to discriminate against other people. But I'll tell you something. I really sat down and I said, can I deal with, let's just say, you know, where I work, no matter who it is, Black Beach, Acot, it don't matter, put name on the shirt, whatever it is, wherever you are. Yep. If, if, if that doesn't work out, are you okay with the consequences of that? What matters more? And that's what I tell people. And I said, if you're not in a good place financially, or you're not in a good place emotionally, and you're not able to wrap your brain around that, then it's probably not a good idea right now. That's what I usually tell people. And I say, look for avenues where you can be yourself. For some some of our professionals, this place, this lack of beach is the only place they can be themselves. Wow. Some places, it's just their family. For some place, you know what I mean? And I have professionals tell me that. And I think that you really have to sit down and say, can I live with the consequences of being who I am? It's not fair. Trust me, I've I've conversations with people all the time. I'm like, yeah, it's not fair. I mean, but you have to be able to live with what happens. And for me, it came to a point where I said, you know what, I really don't care because it'll just, it may be harder for my for me to find another job, but I'll find another job. It's not the end of the world. I know what I know. I'll find another job. I'll find a place that appreciates it. It's not going to be here, but I'll find another job. And I'll go on because I'll own the most precious thing I've ever had, which is myself for the first time ever. And I said, that to me was worth it. And just coming into work and not interfacing with people that I really cared a lot about, I held back. And those people knew it. People aren't stupid, they get it. Like no pictures on your desk, nothing, you know what I mean? Like they're like, oh, they're like, this is a, you know, and I feel if people truly care about you, they want to know the true version of you because if you're really true to yourself then you show up in a different way. And we actually proved that where I work. Um, you know, I've had many messages from people who, like this one lady, who I have no idea who she is, she wrote me a message. And I think it was like we did like a kickoff event for our ERG two years ago where we did the LB, you know, the ABCs of the LGBTQ community where we just literally broke it down and said, I get it, this is intimidating. That is awesome. You're straight, you don't get it, no problem. We're here to help you. That's part of what I consider my job to be. Um, so we did like, we broke down the whole acronym and said, this is what it means. And what we found is, is people really didn't know much past the L and the B and the G. They didn't know what the T, the I, and the Q. So we broke it all down, and these people were like really appreciative to get that information. But what it resulted in is it created psychological safety for the people that were in that building. So this lady, and I don't even remember what department she works in, I think power, I don't remember, but she wrote me this note, and I actually posted it on Yammer, I said, which is our like internal corporate Facebook. And she's like, can I, and I said, can I use this quote? Because it's great. I won't tell people your name. No one will know who the heck you are. I'll sanitize it so no one will ever figure it out. And she wrote me and she's like, all right, I've been working here for 15 years. And yesterday or the day after the event was the first time I ever brought a picture of my family to work. Can you imagine <laughs> doing that? Living 15, I mean, I, I could easily imagine doing it, but most people don't get it. And I said that wow. this makes a difference. Now this person shows up in a different way. You get a better version of this person because we created a safe place for them to be who they actually are. So now this person is going to bring their family to work events where it's normalized because it is. And this person's going to feel like they're connected to this organization. And that's what I tell people. It's like, if you really care about the safety and like your business or your utility or your, or your business, right? Yeah, you business have employees, yeah, right? Absolutely. And you have to care about your people and you have to accept them for who they are, regardless of what political, religious, religious 
or unconscious biases you hold. Whatever that is, you have to say, okay, good worker, shows up, happy, authentic, we'll take it. Right? Yep. It can't be based on these things that at the end of the day, honestly, really don't matter. I mean, it's your life. You, If you want to go fundamentally believing certain people are inferior to you, you can do that outside of where we work. That's why I tell people, I'm like, you go for yeah. it. You do you. Do you you want to go do that? <laughs> I don't endorse that. I don't want anywhere near me, but I'm not going to restrict your right to do it. So yep. in these walls, you will at least respect what people bring to the table, and you're not going to use what they are as a reason not to promote them, hire them, you know, whatever, right? Yep. So that's what we work a lot on. But I think they're interconnected. I think if you want to have a good safety program, you have to have a good, you have to have people that are connected to one another because that's because people care. Yep. I mean, that's where it comes down to. So that's a great message because truly uh, I, I teach a lot about safety culture and corporate culture and I say it mm-hmm. should be the same. Your safety yep. culture and your culture, corporate culture has to be the same but in order for you to even get to that level you have to make sure that management is committed and employees are involved. Right. If you don't have those things and someone feels that they're outside of the system, that they're not being accepted, they're being bullied, yep. especially in industries that are like construction, there's truly construction bullying all the time for all yeah. different levels. Oh, yeah. Bullying in uh, manufacturing, uh, if you go into like uh, even uh, the power and generation, you know, those, those guys do yep. that kind of work, you know, and Right. It's truly one of those things where people will feel bullied so they don't feel like they have the, the voice to come out. And as I'm learning now, you know, that psychological safety is a great component. So I, I thank you for that. I think uh, that's going to help. That's really going to help. It helps me. I'm going to look that up like as soon as we get off. I'm like, Google. <laughs> yeah, look it up. They they basically studied like 500 different teams for like a period of a couple of years. And it, it wasn't the, the, it wasn't, there were like five or six components they found. Psychological safety was one of them. And companies are just using it as a buzzword now. But I don't really feel they fundamentally understand it. So, you know, it, it, it really is integral to everybody's life. And everyone has a story and everyone, everyone has an identity that's intersectional. Like, I'm not just a trans person. That's not the only thing I am. I happen to be white. So I understand what it's like to be perceived as a white man, potentially straight. Usually people perceive me as gay. Whatever. It doesn't matter to me. But I understand one fundamental thing. How people treat me is based on how they perceive me and perception's reality. So if someone's perceiving me one way and treating me one way and perceiving me another way and treating me the other way, that's how it works. Just like... I'm never going to know what it's like to be a person of color living that existence. I'm not. I don't come from that area of the world, Sheldon. As you know, you're looking at me. I'm, I'm white as it comes. <laughs> and I've never had anybody use race to discount me. But I've witnessed it. I've witnessed it. And like, for me, I can understand it because I equate it back to like, oh, well, when I was perceived as this gender or perceived as not straight or perceived as these things all intersecting together, this is how people treated me. Yeah. And I don't want to do that to anybody else. And that's why I have to tell people, you got to look at people holistically. It's not just, I'm black, I'm white, I'm a man, I'm a woman, I'm trans, I'm cis. No matter, cisgender, which is everybody else is not trans. You know, it's like you have to look at people as people and even social economic status growing up. 
I mean, it has a great impact on people. You know, I just don't assume that people, you know, just because they're doing well now or they're perceived one way, generally you'll find the perception is not actually who they are. So it's like you gotta really break down some of those walls <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and break yeah, down yeah. some of those assumptions to get people together. And that's really all my ears you know, or we try to do at least. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And that's great because uh, truly it's once you get to that level, you are transcending compliance and now you're getting into culture. Because it, it starts out with compliance. I got to be OSHA compliant. I got to be EPA compliant. I got to be compliant right. with my state and all that. Yep. And then they they deal with that entity. And then all of a sudden they have an issue where there's a near miss or a fatality for a lot of utilities. And then all of a sudden we need to change about culture. Let's start talking about culture. <laughs> and now they're truly trying to decide how they get into the culture side, but they yeah. they kind of feel uncomfortable dealing with that, the identity, gender identity side, and they don't understand it. So they make fun of it, you know, and that just drives me nuts. <laughs> You know what I say? It makes you uncomfortable. Get used to it. I have to be uncomfortable every second of my life. And you don't grow. Being comfortable, you don't grow. And sometimes it really just takes, like, personal relationships. I think, and I'm not just, I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm, I'm just saying in general, when people interface with me, and they don't understand what I am, and they learn about it, I think it changes them. Not always for the better, I guess, but it cha- something happens in their brains where they're like, oh... I assumed something and I was wrong. Maybe that wasn't a good idea or maybe I shouldn't have said that because that was pretty stupid. You know what I mean? Like, it just goes back to like, you can't assume things about people. Like when people assume that I was male my entire life, like, I mean, I had a coworker who, you know, she just asked basic things about my life. Like we were having lunch. She was buying me lunch because I helped build her out on a project. And she's like, oh, she asked me if I had siblings. I said, yeah, I have two sisters. She's like, oh, so you were the only boy in the family. I'm like, well, not really. <laughs> so she's like, oh. And I said, well, no, I'm a trans person. And that wasn't really my reality until I actually was almost 30. And she was like, oh. The thing about that interaction is, is that she said, She's like, oh, well, you didn't really need to tell me that. And I said, well, kind of did because you're comfortable and I think you need to deal with it. That says more about you than it does about me. And really, I want anybody that I want to have a connection with to understand where I come from in the world. That's very essential to who I am. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't really have a retort back to that. I think she yeah. was embarrassed. <laughs> it's hard to yeah, yeah, yeah. refute that, right? Well, so. you always win every uh, every Throwback Thursday, and you throw up some of your old pictures. <laughs> yeah. like, Damn it, Ari did it again. You won Throwback right. Thursday. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I just do it to say, and, I, and not all trans people are comfortable doing that. And, it's, and <laughs> I do want to say on this is that not if you do interface with somebody who is trans or has a different gender identity, just be respectful. It's not that person's job to educate you. There is Google. Google is a wonderful tool. Um, any question you'd be too embarrassed to ask someone you know who isn't transgender, you probably shouldn't ask me <laughs> or anybody else. I just put that out there because that makes me feel unsafe. Yeah. See, it goes back to like what boundaries are, right? I think boundaries are a very important uh, aspect of safety. So just with, and even with, you know, women, right, in a male-dominated field, yeah, right, yeah, there's absolutely. boundary. 
days. Yeah, yeah. So like, and I know that because I lived it, but I also see it. That's a, such a, a different perspective that not too many people have. So that makes you so, you know, so just wonderfully blessed in that way that you can, you know, help people see, you know, the, the bridge, the resources, and you know, right. it's almost like um. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the movie White Chicks? Oh yeah, yeah, dude. yeah. <laughs> that was a special movie. <laughs> and quotation marks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. So it's 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 similar to, to you know those those type of experiences. But for those that really need to get self educated, Google's good. But is there any organizations or anything you suggest that? Oh help? yeah, I mean sure. I mean a lot With of websites. Them are... Give me some websites if you know them. Well. Um, I mean, generally, every state has, like, a center for inclusion. So, like, KC has a center for inclusion. Um, you know, the HRC is a political MD, so a human rights campaign. They actually index and benchmarks um, inclusivity of municipalities and states oh, and nice. cities. So, like, for example, Kansas City, I think, is an all-inclusive city. So, I think they have 100% on the HRC's index. Um, Black of Beach actually has 100% on HRC's index right now. That's really cool. Yeah. We actually helped, that's part of the Priority, help bring that into this organization. And part of that was HRC.org? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. It's a, But it is, I will caveat said, it is a political entity. So they do take political stances. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to let everyone on this, you know, who's ever listening understand. And I'm not here to upset your sensibilities. But they are a very large lobbying arm. So, but they do have a lot of educational things. So if you can look past political no um, division, right? Because I'm not really, I'm not a political person. I think it all just divides us and it's just a waste of time. I think people should just do what they want and be happy and like, let's not interfere with each other's lives and you don't want to do something, then just simply don't do it. Seems simple, but most people can't do that. So that's why we have this political divide everywhere. So, but it's a good organization. Um, they have a lot of, you know, interesting things. And what I tell people is if you really care about psychological safety, if you really care about equity, then you really have to learn about inequity because you can't solve equity by not understanding how people aren't equitable. And it stinks because it's all the horrible stuff that people don't want to hear about what happens. It's the same with people with race, gender, sexual orientation, gender expression, gender identity, um, genetic information for people who are intersex, all these things, you know, that when you read the statistics and you read just the way people are treated just because of things that just aren't that important it really it just it's eye-opening it is and for me it's something that i can't shut so it's like oh well i understand how people are inequitable you know i get how that happens so how can i work towards making things more equitable whatever you want to plug plug away uh anything you can remember anything that you want people to reach out to you any of that oh, stuff yeah so so anybody can reach me. Um, you can uh, my, my my email is c o p e l a d a at b v dot com. So b is a boy, b is a violin dot com. That's where I work. Um, you know, I'm open to anybody that has questions about really anything I've said. Um, I'm pretty open book, as Sheldon knows. <laughs> you ask me something, I'm going to tell you what to really think about it, which I feel is refreshing and a very New England East Coast mindset. <laughs> So, but I mean, I just feel like, you know, I just, I think you have to look at safety as a two-pronged thing, is that it's emotional, it's psychological, 
that creating like you said that culture it's almost backwards you got to create the culture first and then you execute the actual safety and the practice right so that's what i used to tell people it's like if we create a psychological safety within these walls people will show up for who they are they'll they'll be more they'll be present which is key safety right when we're not present we fall we trip we hit our heads against the wall whatever if you're texting your cell phone ram into a pole that's not being present right but if we're stressed out on top of that it's in my opinion and probably if you look at statistics and you would know that more than me sheldon because i'm not really a safety consultant right i just watch people do some really interesting things and hope it doesn't (laughs) happen to me but i bet if you actually did look at the emotional conditions of people i bet it does increase the rates of accidents at the workplace if we actually did that and and then increasing violence in the workplace is a big one so you know i think you got to really focus on people and not get hung up on if you agree or disagree with who someone is or what someone feels but just recognize at the end of the day they're people that have families at the end of the day you're only as strong as your weakest leg (laughs) so if that person's not wearing their hard hat guess what they're the weakest leg and we need to find a way to encourage that person to come to the safety side of life right (laughs) so that's all i have to say with that all right good man thank you so much for the interview i am just so happy i got you bud this is awesome well thanks for having me i appreciate it all right brother well you enjoy the rest of your day you too take care Bye. (laughs) bye bye Do you want to be a safety consultant? Listen to Dr. Jay Allen of Safety FM give his experience after taking the Safety Consultant Blueprint course. I have actually done research on different consultants and looked at different consulting courses and so on. There is a pretty fancy, very expensive consulting course that is out there. I have actually purchased the consulting course, was interested. It has good information. Don't get me wrong. But you have a consulting course that really drives people onto focusing on safety and how to become a safety consultant. I will tell you on your particular course, there was better information in that particular regards than the other consulting course that was more of a generalist form. But I figured I felt like I got more information out of yours on you giving people direct path on what to do step by step. But I really think that you have a genuine good product there that can really assist people if they're interested in becoming a safety consultant. Register for the Safety Consultant Blueprint at www.safetyconsultantblueprint.com. Enter code PODCAST for a special discount. Welcome back to the Safety Consultant Podcast. And I hope you had a good time listening to Ari in this episode. I had a great time, as you could tell. We sound like, you know, just kids talking, you know, just hanging out and just yapping. I had to edit so much because we were just truly just yapping and yapping and yapping over, you know, certain things. And I just had to get it in a format that you guys will find uh, useful for your business and for your, your, uh, yeah, for you. Let's <laughs> say it that way. So in this uh if, before I do the tip of the week, let me let me do this. Before I do the tip of the week, I do want to thank you for being uh there listening to the show and uh thank you so much for your support, encouragement. And if you get a chance, I would love to uh have you subscribe to the show, like it, share it with some friends, and just truly uh help me grow. 
I, I need you to help me grow so as best as you can uh, send this to someone that you feel that will be really good for them and, or play it around uh, let's say someone you know for sure wants to get into safety consulting or one of my episodes especially the demystifying OSHA episodes that might really help you too so play it in the, on, in the office or a safety committee meeting whatever so I'm okay I don't have to listen to it uh, so I don't feel odd to listen to myself I don't play myself when I'm teaching classes so <laughs> I'm okay I won't hear you in your safety committee meeting but anyway thank you I, I really appreciate it and if you get a chance stop by a safetyconsultant.us website take a look around and see if you want to be part of the membership community all right so the tip of the week for today and for the week is just go ahead and think about how you can create psychological safety in your organization see how deep you really are going to get with your safety culture see all the areas that your workers need to feel psychologically safe there might be some really tough conversations as it can come out of this as an organization but you will advance and become even better as an organization not only for your individual workers but you're probably going to be able to uh, do the things that OSHA keeps saying when you have a safety culture, and that is more productivity. You're going to make more money. You're going to save more money. So that's good. And you're going to have workers that are going to be completely dedicated to you because they feel that you care about them enough to want to know how you can include them. So I would really, really look at all the practices, all the procedures, all the personnel that may be... Um, that may be hindering, let's say it that way, maybe hindering the psychological safety of others in the workplace and then see how you can be a force for change in your organization even because you listen to this uh, show and you're understanding it a little bit more. It's going to be better off for you in the long run, better off for your organization in the long run. So that is the tip of the week. So really think about that, dissect it, critically think about it, find a way for you guys to add that psychological safety aspect to your organization for each one of your workers, and then go ahead and tell me about it. Sheldon at safetyconsultant.us is the best way to reach me. You can go to sheldonprimus.com, and I believe I got an email up there, but if not, uh, go ahead and send me that. If you're on LinkedIn, send me a little LinkedIn note. And let me know uh, what you thought. All right. So that is the tip of the week. And I will see you next Monday. Yeah, have a great rest of your week. This podcast is being sponsored by safetyconsultantblueprint.com. This episode has been powered by Safety FM.